here i wanted to take a quick second before we jump into the episode today episode 12 to share a couple notes uh tyler and i have really enjoyed recording all of these conversations for you all to listen to and to contemplate and be curious about it's been such a journey and really exciting for us and we've been learning along the way for sure one of the things we're learning is audio so i wanted to say really quick this is an amazing episode mike and lauren are amazing humans and they have so many great things to share unfortunately the audio in some ways is a little uh difficult so i think we had the microphone set up wrong and uh audio from Tyler and I is a little quieter than what you'll hear from Mike and Lauren, which, but hey, I'm actually glad that it turned out that way. I would much rather you hear what Mike and Lauren have to say rather than uh, listen to us drone on and on. So um, I really hope that you are willing to bear with me and stick with it and listen all the way through to the end. Mike and Lauren have so much to offer and share. They're so vulnerable and honest and real and raw. And that is the kind of content that and the kind of conversations that we love to share with you guys. So with that being said, one other note, I just wanted to quickly share that Tyler and I have a firm IG handle. Mine is Ashley Nicole Journeys. His is Tyler Wayne Journeys. You can find us both on Instagram at that. Follow us there. And on the note of following, it's a great support for us. If you would be willing to take a second to follow Journey Doses podcast on Spotify, that way you get notified every time a new episode comes out. And it's a really easy, simple, quick, free way to support us. If you like any of the episodes uh, that you've listened to, Another great way to support us is to share that with your community. With that being said, let's jump into episode 12 with Mike and Lauren. We are rolling. Literally rolling? We're literally rolling. Mike. It's, the it's net, the officially locked not in. Rolling, ro- not air quotes rolling. No, no. Anyways, here we are. Hey guys, um, back at Journey Doses. Yeah. And today we have two of our most favorite people with us. This is a for, the first Who are foursome. these people? Who are these people? The first foursome. I gotta just make a note of that. This is true. This yeah. Is true. And it's so not the think, kind you might be thinking of. Yeah. Relax, people. So we gotta make. Yeah, <laughs> that's maybe down the road. Um, we gotta make sure everyone's familiar with everyone's voice. Everyone knows my voice. This is Ashley. Okay, now you say something. And I'm Tyler. Yeah. And then we have Lauren. Hello. Lauren Maloney and Mike. What's up? Say hi. Lauren and Mike. Mike yeah, they are a unit. Um, and, well, they are e- individual humans, but they present no, themselves no, today. Not, not, not anymore. They present <laughs> themselves today individually and as a unit. So we'll get a variety of good stuff in that. Okay. Thanks um, for joining us, guys. Yeah. Oh, thank you Thanks guys for, for having us. us. We're excited. Excited, excited to have you over and excited to do it. Oh, well, the first thing that. I think we're going to dive into is, like, really what's fresh on your hearts. Ooh. What's going on with you guys? Is there anything that's that's really pulling you? That's got you driven, passionate. What's like lighting your day up right now? I 
like the big questions because I like to see like you can go wherever you want with it. Wow. It's a hard question. It is a hard question and an easy one, I guess. Um, Man, what's on our heart right now? You have some really exciting projects and heartstorming and really just exciting stuff. I think for, for both of us, the really what we both come to kind of the agreement is for the right now and when we're recording this right now, so we're in late July through basically the end of the year is going to be so much soul searching. I think for the mm-hmm. last few months, we've been really soul searching. I mean, Lauren's basically going through a professional transition, figuring her stuff out right now and what's really lighting her up. And then with me, you know, I've, I've basically taught movement my whole life. And I would say for most people out there know me, it's in the movement realm. But that being said, like you guys know me, especially through Combo. And I've really been feeling a calling to doing deeper work specifically with men. And so I'm really in a place where I'm figuring out what that looks like and means like um, doing more men's work. So right now we've been just doing so many new rituals and studying from different people. And uh, so it's a really exciting and also... um, I don't want to say unstable time, but like we're, we're still getting our feet underneath us with right now with what's going on. I want to know more about like specifically. <laughs> totally the, on that. <laughs> yeah, totally. Big shifts. I want to know definitely more about like the exact, you know, career changes in the men's group. But I'm curious first, how do you sit with moments where you can tell life is shifting? Like, how do you handle that in general? Wow. Um, (laughs) It's always shifting. And I think kind of trying to find and maintain footing with constant transition. I've always kind of felt like I have multiple feet on like different planes. And it's like, okay, like finding that balance, that steadiness. And your question around like what's on our heart, I think it's exactly that where really returning to our heart and kind of repositioning our life. It's always like heart centered, but really having that kind of be the the guiding post and the north star for me personally, like I think I've lived a lot of life in my head and like in an intellectual place professionally specifically, and um, that served me. But now I just feel very called to not that I've mastered that realm by any means, but to my true nature is is more in a heart centered interpersonal you know a a deeper place so I'm trying to find my own way of how that can be more fully expressed Um, I think having this kind of landing post and homestead has been a huge part of how we manage the chaos and the transitions and all the stuff that's coming up and going on in the world and with us and our families but Mm. um, this you know, kind of like what you said, it's nice to be in a quiet home. And Mm -hmm. I think that that's a really big anchor for me is just having a really safe space for sure with my partner and the person I love is a huge add to that. But I think that that container will help me really drop into my heart more fully. So Mm. the heart's on the heart. (laughs) How do the heart and the soul relate with one another in your guys' opinion? That's a f- <laughs> <laughs> and you're always welcome to say I don't know. That's a perfectly acceptable and answer. And I'll, I'll probably say. <laughs> 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 you're like, damn. 
Well, because the mm. question is like, what? Where's your heart driving mm. you? But it can be the soul driving you, and where is the difference there? Like, is there a difference? Mm. I think that there's a lot of synonymous energy to those things. The first thing that comes up is just the softness, the gentleness. Both <clears throat> seem to speak in more of a whisper, and you really kind of, I need to, for myself at least, create like a container where I can really hear both Um, and maybe they're the same maybe they're not but I think they have similar things to say Mm -hmm. it's like the heart's way of like expressing what the soul needs yeah it's like a feedback Mm -hmm. yeah I think I'm I mean I'm still very much figuring that out it's a deep one (laughs) Uh, but what comes up for me and this also touch on your question Ashley um, you know for me in times of shift where like it's interesting because right now I'm I would say more than any time in my life, I'm learning to develop and cultivate relationship with spirit, with heart, with soul, with whatever we want to call it, with source. And Lauren's been a huge anchor for me. There's been so much stuff going on in my family right now and in life, like so many. This has been one of the most beautiful years and also certainly probably one of the most challenging out of 34 and Lauren has been a massive anchor for me. Um, and we have so many rituals and practices that we utilize together to kind of tune in, tap in, connect, but then also share after. And I learned so much about myself and about ourselves and partnership in those times. And then also, like, to your question earlier during shifts, like, I've known for a long time, like, I need solitude. Like, I need time with just myself, with any external stimulus and so I think it was like a month maybe a month or two months ago I spent some time in Santa Cruz Mountains basically in the woods solo time just for me and it was all about just connecting with for me what I'm learning is for me like when the soul speaks it's how I understand and speak to like innocent young 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 Mike and so for me it's it's been like things like I'm starting to get into singing now and drumming And those things all came about via that time in solitude when I was like in silence. What is little Mike wanting right now? And little Mike wants to play. And Lauren's been a massive, massive uh, encouragement for me to play more. So um, I've always been very heart-centered and connected to my heart. And for me, I would distinguish right now the two in terms of what are the conversations I'm having with younger Mike via potentially how I'm connecting with my soul. And then what is really my passion and my heart uh, saying and and they're they're subtle but I, I think I'm learning that they are different mm-hmm. yeah. how long were you in nature by yourself for three days yeah three and a half days you've done something similar Tyler yeah I was actually gonna ask um yeah I've done a vision quest for four days wow. as well. completely fasted just water fasted and it was based off of what I read about Bill Plotkin's work and what he offers through um soul craft I think the book is called mm-hmm. uh anyways yeah uh really profound it's all about soul work, soul journey, and, and nature being the reflection more so than the actual, <laughs> like, inner child stuff. Not that the inner child's not related to it, but, yeah. It's, That's it's amazing. Stuff. Did you do that on your own, organized? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Dude. Yeah, usually when I tell people that, like, you didn't do it with, like, a guide or anything like that. I just read it, and I, I'm pretty familiar with the outdoors, and I feel pretty confident. Not of- to say it wasn't really hard and challenging. And scary for family. Scary for family because he's by himself. He's not connected. He's not eating, and he's in like <laughs> he's in nature. 
and I brought, all, I brought a hand, every I brought a hand for me. Yes. <laughs> so, I mean, there were bears when I went, so I did bring a hand yeah. protection, so it wasn't like completely surrendered. In wow. Them, but but yeah. you That's actually, amazing. to be truthful, you actually came home a little bit sooner than you were planning. Oh yeah, I wanted yeah. to do like seven days, but I totally, I totally whipped out. What you, was you the out. What was the decision? What was the thing that um, called you to come home? Was the thing? It was food. I really did get start to get like extremely faint. So like even walking, I'd say like fifty yards from where I was like sleeping in my tent down to like the river where I would meditate and stuff. It was like a challenge, and wow. I would like get really blurry vision coming back up, and it was a little sketchy. And then the icing on the cake was where I was was pretty solitary, like very solitary, like six hours away, in the middle of nowhere. Somebody came and parked like a couple like campsites away from me. It was not like official campsite, mm. but people came and I was like, "Oh, this this is gonna be all messed up." And anyways, I was that was really my excuse, but it was just hard, and that was like my that was your excuse, yeah. And so it wasn't super intentional in my giving up, but well, that's super inspiring to be honest. Like that's definitely I've told Lauren multiple times. I was like, Vision Quest is definitely something that's calling me, and I mean, so I could I'd... totally tell you about like I want to go there and take up time and like getting into you guys but yeah I mean there were really interesting lessons and things that came up Amazing. with communicating with nature and stuff and in general for people listening and for you too I just have to throw this in there a little pop culture relevant to the topic have you alone yes oh. <laughs> you knew I was going to say that I felt it didn't I already say that to we're you obsessed. you, you watch it we're obsessed yeah Absolutely love that show. It's it's amazing. When Ah. Tyler and I watch it, it's like we talked everything. We, I mean, definitely the way that they produce the show, you can start to catch on to like, oh, okay, they're gonna leave because they're gonna uh, get hypothermia or something. Like they're like, my biggest fear is I'm gonna fall in the water. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, The show. Yeah. Really? (laughs) Wow! You heard it here, folks. Yeah. I didn't it's, hear that. We should sign up for the same one. We just <laughs> totally do get out, dude. Yes. That would be gnarly. That would be very entertaining. <laughs> would yeah, be I'm entertaining. just like, oh, I could just meditate my way through it. I don't need to. I'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Anyways, That's exactly what I'm saying. Let's reel this in a little bit. I have one point. Yeah, I have one point. I just want to say for people that are interested in like, oh, going out into nature and not eating and that's so crazy, but you know, what you were talking about with child work and like the, the, you know, messages that came to you. And I know you had messages that came to you while you were there. So just in general, like the concept of going out into the na- into nature, being completely by yourself, relying on yourself mm. on all fronts, the longer your, your endurance and your willingness to be in that very uncomfortable space, it is probably the best tool for stepping aside and like seeing things that you just can't see in your day-to-day life. So if this is something that sounds interesting to people, well, go watch alone. Because when you watch the show, no, let me just make the point that we can move on. When you watch the show, people, you see how like people are like rationalizing for their way to like leave. Like, oh, my, I miss my family. It's like, well, fuck, your family's going to be there. Like, mm. Stay and make the million dollars, you know, the rationalization for leaving, but also in the same vein, like they realize like, oh, I thought I was okay, you know, being a, sol- a solitude person, but now being here, I realize how important it is to be in my community. So just the really amazing lessons that you learn when you're willing to be in nature by yourself. And that's it. I love that. Yeah. And even to add to that, I mean, I think that that's 
maybe it looks different to everyone. I don't know if everyone needs or wants to do a vision quest per se, but like just the appreciation for that primal part of us mm -hmm. that we all crave in some level. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's that's the soul or the heart or the, whatever it is like that's in all of us. So I think that's my favorite part of the show is to just see people, you know, return to how we did live for thousands of years. Like that's yeah. effing amazing. Yeah. And like the faculties you're able to bring back into life or bring out there. I mean, that's just so valuable right now, especially in such a crazy robot world of lights. You know, it's just not what I think our our body and our makeup and our soul really yeah yeah and if you're considering soul and source in general is nature apart from that mm. that's they're yeah. intertwined yeah. right exactly. so okay real quick then so vision quest super extreme you know for some people who don't even aren't even familiar with these at all like what would be some like baby steps like just like because you were kind of saying vision quest might not be for everyone. There may be other ways to do it. Like, what are some baby steps? Is it just simply, like, go for a hike? Like, go out there and hike around and hug some trees? I don't know. Well, what did Mike do? I, when I was in solitude mm -hmm. and such? I mean, it was a lot. I was working for sure. Like, basically, it was brainstorming, heartstorming, like, basically meditating all day and night, mm -hmm. uh, listening to drumming and just exploring really what, what was calling me. I was eating pretty minimal, but that's because like, especially when I'm in that space, I really don't feel like I need to eat. Um, but I think it's going to depend on truly like what someone's intention and their reason for doing it. You know, I'm a huge believer in rites of passage and that being missing from society today and that being why so many men have challenges uh, because they've never truly made that step and that evolution from being boys to men. And when you think about tribal cultures, I mean, they had elders and they had rites of passage. And so a vision quest is an extreme rite of passage. But basically, it's it's an opportunity. And please, you know, tap in and, and share with your experience. But in any way, shape or form, an initiation, combos an initiation where you're really forced to rely on your own inner strength, where mom's not going to be there. Dad's not going to be there. You're basically left to your own self and you have to develop your own level of confidence that's why people they would put kids you know take them to whatever it was like the forest and leave them alone for days to survive or cover them in ants and it was intense experiences to basically bring them nearly to the point of death to where they'd have to make that step into being a man and so maybe you know small steps could just be fasting or doing something that you really you know you develop there's so many things today where things are done for us Right from all the conveniences. I mean, I'm so effing grateful for this home and food in the fridge and so many different luxuries that we have. But you know, if you don't know who you are without some of that stuff for at least a limited amount of time, like that's yeah. what really makes you grateful. It's made me grateful. Um, so I think in any way, shape, or form, something where you're really forced to rely on yourself could be a physical, you know, test. Um, could be. I mean, it could be really anything, but. Even just fasting for a half day or a day, if that sounds impossible to you, maybe just try and fast for a meal and see how you do and sit in silence for one hour. Uh, just see how that goes and see see what happens and what comes out of it. Yeah, I love those baby steps. Those are great. I love it. Uh, Lauren, what would you say for you would be the feminine reflection of a, a rite of passage, mm. passage that might be more appropriate for the feminine yeah, that's an interesting question, a great question. Um, 
I mean, I think both the masculine and the feminine, they're, they're different, you know? They're equal, but they're different. And I think that there's different um, needs and uh, gifts and uh, things that just make it a cohesive whole when they're brought together. And so I think that any, just the potency of all women and the potency of all men, like being in separate but communal environments, um, I think that's a really powerful, it doesn't really matter, I think, like what you're doing. I think we've talked about that too with retreat, your retreat coming up and everything around what does this need to look like? Mm. And I think in all of the workshops and retreats and stuff we've done, travel, whatever it is, you realize that it doesn't really matter what you're doing. It's like how you're doing it and what the environment is, what the container is. So for me, a feminine expression of that would just be being with women. Mm. Like women. We won't go into the identification of that, but um, that feminine essence. And I think it's a very potent and powerful thing. So um, now I forgot your question. So I don't know what I just said. What would be the, uh, like the female version of like a rite of passage or how might that look for you? I mean, I think in addition to what I just said, because I think it kind of applies, but really reconnecting with our sexual, sensual Mm. power. Um, And I think that's a a challenging and navigating that road is, is challenging for all of us and we're all in different stages. But I think in my experience, especially in modern culture, women are very removed from that, that, power house so in ways that we're able to find safety and community but also like power in the feminine and this it's kind of sad that I don't even know what an example of that might even look like you know but conversation holding space and I think music is one of the most Mm. powerful things I mean we sit in plant medicine ceremony I think that's amazing time I'm actually going into a women's all women's ceremony next weekend Mm. um and so this will be a new experience for me so maybe I'll have more to say about it after that but I think what I'm really most looking forward to is whoever shows up I believe is meant to be there and we're meant to um learn from each other and harmonize with each other and that alone um is is medicine and is super powerful and it is an initiation because I mean, I'm actually, I've spent a lot of my life with more male energy. I had a big brother. Like I have more, like a lot of comfort with yang energy. I like that. And I have a lot of yang in myself, but, um, reconnecting with, with the feminine, I think is medicine in itself. I love everything you just said. And I even love, first I'll say, I love the community aspect because I know that rite of passage for some of the examples for men can look very much like you go off and you're by yourself and you're faced with this incredible challenge and maybe there's something to be said for for women with that but the community aspect because at least in modern culture there's something really tough about getting a group of girls together like um, depending on maybe the, the walk of life or just if you you know resonate on similar things or not but um, there's something in the way women operate in this society where there's all this like our insecurities are just like 
so strongly projected onto each other and we're, we're so uncomfortable like being vulnerable and we're like, I don't know, like there's something about getting together with big groups of women. I also have a lot of yang in me as well, which is probably why you and I connect. Um, so that is probably another reason why I'm drawn to this idea of like, yes, get together with a big group of women. Like, and the other thing too, that I was just thinking to add to, uh, rites of passage or whatever, I think I was thinking about how, you know, women, we have this very obvious biological experience where we, our menstruation begins and we have that first bleed. And in our culture, it's sort of like, oh, you know, you don't talk about it and here's a tampon. But something, so when I switched to a zero waste, um, reusable like menstrual pads and things like that you, you use them and then you wash them and you use them again something that I really liked about it was I felt a lot more connected to what my flow was because everything is falling out when it wants to fall out versus a tampon just like you don't know what's going on and so there's something about that that flow and instead of saying like oh here clog it up um, like let it like being connected to that flow there's something I've really enjoyed about like not just using pads again but also the zero waste aspect but anyway something to add to it I think in general the nature of this experience is movement like there's always living and, and dying at the same time things are moving right why would we want something that's meant to move out of you to stay in you mm -hmm. right that, that's my projection onto that I also don't experience such things so. yeah yeah <laughs> I think that's a perfect like Part of me was thinking, oh, like menstruation, like what are the things that like diversify an experience of life between men and women? And I think that's probably the elephant in the room. And my experience of women, um, myself to whatever degree, like I don't know if it's a fear of that sensual aspect of us, but I, I don't think that women are connected to their cycle and that is their power that is the powerhouse of, of being born with a birth capable vessel is like we can birth life and the shadow slash alternative side to that is menstruation and I, I don't know if they're coupled together but women are very disconnected not only biologically too many women don't bleed at all or there's there's yeah, so many things going on right now, people. Mm -hmm. So that relationship, I think, there's so much healing for all of us to do in our second chakra. That's what's come up for me in all of my ceremonies. And it's like, why is that? Like, And so it's stuff that I'm not even aware of is happening with me. And I'm pretty intentional and conscious around my body and and that practice. So it's just, it's a, I think it's, I'm happy that you brought it up because it's not talked about. I'm going to speak to the male side of that because right. I had a transformational breathwork session in a retreat that I did recently and it was all second, second chakra, sacral chakra. And it was very much about sexual repression in myself and what I experienced probably many men. Um, and what you're saying, what I'm hearing about the movement of the menstruation, you know, your, your, your bleeding and your egg and all that. <laughs> your egg and all that? Sorry. Just to get really... <laughs> you know, your egg, sunny side up. <laughs> um, Seems we're all uncomfortable with what I just said, right? No, it's good. It's <laughs> Would be the, uh, the masculine ejaculation. That's our expulation in some way. That's what we're ex that's what we're discarding in some way. Obviously, we're all doing other things, but that would be my 
my idea of what our version of that is and there's so much shame around that mm. and disrespect around semen and ejaculation I'm sure that women can speak to you it's gross get it off me or it's not meant to be in me or whatever we're, we're hiding in a condom throwing in the trash there's no respect or reverence for wow. that process in men mm. um, and a recent practice of mine is respecting what I'm creating as well and also not shamefully getting rid of it but you know, being intentional with noticing it leaving me. And I'm not saying I'm perfect on that because there's, there's, there's drives here and, the, you know, sometimes the drive, the drive is, is uh, overbearing, but uh, that is a practice of mine and that would be my reflection of what your experience is, the shadow aspect of us releasing something as you are. Um, to switch gears, if I can, unless someone, if anyone you know, else wants you know, to say well, anything about you know, periods. About, you know want to talk about kind of our periods? Well, the only thing that I'll add is, well, like, an initiation that affects both men and women is becoming parents, right? Totally. So it's like, yeah. I mean, I don't know anyone who's become a, a mom or a dad that hasn't said their life hasn't dramatically changed and, like, how challenging it is and all that sort of stuff. So, um... I think that's that's absolutely you know that applies to both and then the other thing too with like this retreat that I'm leading at the end of uh, October you know I, I made a conscious decision like I didn't want to have we'll be doing tobacco and cacao but I didn't really want any of the let's say someone to come in to lead like a larger plant medicine ceremony and one of the main intentions was that well one just like risk and and stuff like that but then the other thing is really just I really do believe, like I've, I've received and we both have and I know you guys have too, like amazing benefits from plant medicines and we do it all very ceremoniously and ritualistically. But to that effect, like I was just like really thinking, man, we need tools that when people leave, they can implement them in their lives and they don't have to wait for a whole nother ceremony or people like jump from one ceremony to the next, to the next, to the next. And that was one of the things that led me to drumming, shamanic drumming and Mongolian throat singing and these sort of things like how can we chant and enter some of these states and have or even like a sweat lodge we'll be doing one of the days. Like how can we have some of these initiations without medicine that takes us to a place where we can connect with our soul, spirit, source and connect with brothers and really go through a significant transformative experience. So that way, you know, one of the things I was thinking of, I started... Um, one of the things that came out of those three days is I found this new teacher and mentor who I like, I have no idea how I found him. I was looking up shamanic drumming course and I just so happened to found this guy who's been a shaman for 30 years in the UK. His name is Yaakov Darling Khan. Wow. The dude is amazing. And I've already done a one-on-one -on -one session with him. Mm -hmm. His drumming is next level next level i was going in full-blown journeys on his drumming while i was doing those days wow. and even out here in the backyard and one of the things that he says is in his drumming course it's just three videos very simple um but really developing a, a spirit connection with that drum and he goes if you don't have a drum don't worry about it use your hand and mm -hmm. match his beat beat your chest mm -hmm. and so one night i did the ceremony uh the, the ceremony that he led and it was like, I think like a 15 to 20 minute uh, ceremony with the drum. And man, the level of connection, just beating my hand against my chest and humming. Mm. 
it was so powerful. And these are all tools that we don't need uh, to go to a shaman or a healer. Like we are our own best shaman. We are our own best healer. And so to bring that out there for men and even women to let them know that there are tools that, that rattle or whatever to something simple can be so powerful when it's with intention and that, that sacred space is created for healing. That's something that scares me about the use of psychedelics is that people are relying on them. Mm -hmm. Like they're doing the work for me. And that's just not true. You're doing the work on yourself. It's about you and they're they're the tool. And why not anything else? You're not going to do plant medicines every week, every day. Like at least you shouldn't be. Sorry, people, if you are. Uh, But drumming, why not? Chakra toning with your own voice, why not? Sound bowls, whatever it is. The metaphor that's coming up for me is like, a plant medicine experience is sort of like the the apex or the top of the mountain. It's like you're not climbing Everest every week. Yeah. And so what what is it? What do you do on the way to the top? And mm-hmm. what do you do when you descend back down to the bottom? And it's those tools that you're using to set yourself up for success for whenever you do reach the top and go for this big, huge experience. And what do you use as you integrate that as you come back down? So it's like, I'm seeing like, you know, peaks. They talk about this in Stealing Fire, a hedonic calendaring. Have you guys heard Mm -hmm. of this? Yeah. Basically, it's like, you shouldn't be doing these things very often. Like, really plan it out. Plan out your integration. Plan out the journeys. But don't put too much emphasis on the journeys. Well, I think, too, I mean, just the the name that comes up, I mean, it says ceremony, you know, and and there's Mm -hmm. work in that ceremony, too. But I love how you just frame that where it's like you're you do the work every day, you know, and then you go as deep as you've intended or sometimes way past that, like in the ceremony. But that's a reward, a return, a celebration of the work we're doing every day or mm-hmm. it should be you know and did you just should but she put quotes oh. around it I did. you can't see my air quotes yeah yeah every time <laughs> i say should there's air quotes implied um yeah and, and i think people can use psychedelics to disassociate to, like you you could go through a ceremony you could have a really even uncomfortable experience but was it productive in the way that you're able to bring it back to your life and have it make a change because they're change agents they're rapid transformative allies but they can also be destructive allies if they're not used um, and respected with reverence and intention and all of the sacred elements to it um yeah Oh, just just the, you know the the hardest thing is not actually the ceremony itself, but what you do with it after. And it's so easy to ignore and deflect, and to just carry on with life. So I love you know Lauren and I were talking about tools as well, and I love that you bring that up. And that's the focus of this this group that you're creating, where it's like it doesn't have to be this big plant medicine moment. Mm-hmm. It's really like exposing and helping people to connect because you're going to do a variety of things and so people are going to connect with different things and so you're giving this group of men an opportunity to be like oh, i really like this drumming or i really liked the sweat lodge and they can move forward with that and they have that tool they've been exposed and now they have something that they can work with and they can use on their journey and it doesn't have to be this big um it can help them process so 
Yeah, and one of the things that came up, what I was thinking is, I think it was like maybe three years ago, I did a whole day holotropic breathing workshop. Mm -hmm. And it was basically a ceremony. There was opening, there was closing. It was broken up into two, three-hour segments. And the first three hour, one was the breather, one was the sitter. Second three hours, the other one was the breather, the other one was the sitter. And what I saw was like as wild as the wildest ayahuasca experiences in terms of people's releases and what they were healing and working through. And there was one gentleman that I remember that just like, it was such a learning experience for me because literally as soon as they turned on the music, as soon as they turned on the music, he went full blown arms flat like almost like convulsing and releasing so much and i was thinking and i was like wow like we barely got into any breath yet maybe i don't know 10 breaths a minute or two and what i do believe happened is that guy has been holding on so much and it was like about to pop like a champagne bottle that's been shaken but as soon as he was in a safe enough space and was cared for and he had the ability to feel safe in his body to where he could experience that he just let it all out Mm -hmm. and so me and lauren talk all the time about it's the container that's created and so if the container is created such that everybody knows it's a safe space and you can count and you can rely on your brothers and they got your back and if you need something someone's there whether it's to listen or just to hold space whatever like that's the like just us showing up as us is healing and and so i totally agree with what you're saying and if you give certain tools to certain people and it resonates and it creates an opening and something that they can return back to even better but just that space of safety is really where the healing happens yeah and hard to find it's really hard to find um yeah in myself i'll say that what i've noticed is like when that permission happens for me what i've mm -hmm. really noticed is very often when i see another man emote journeys mm. of, of wisdom we go or any other retreat as soon as another man cries i'm like there's my permission wow. i'm fucking gone <laughs> it's great it's interesting you know reflecting mm. on that for me like maybe that wasn't permission i would receive from my father as a child something like that um, but that's the bottle the, hmm. the, the top coming out for me which i find interesting um, but i was curious do you have something to add to that no i just have a totally different topic but if you have a totally different topic <laughs> run with it oh uh, yeah well i was curious about their relational rituals yeah that's what i was curious about you yeah. said rituals earlier yeah. and i've been holding that's, on to and i saw yeah. you write it down i'm like yeah. oh they have rituals where they grow and get better and oh, I'm <laughs> not gonna steal from you guys yeah <laughs> so proprietary yeah proprietary. so i'm curious like that's the next retreat the couple ship retreat yeah um, we'll be the first to sign up. <laughs> for me to clarify the question, like I want to know what the rituals are. I want to know if, like, was it something that you had individually in your own world that you brought into the partnership? Were these things that you experienced together for the first time? And then, of course, like, what has it? You know, how has it brought you together, and how has it helped, and all of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whoever wants to. So I I would like at least how we define maybe ritual is I would I would basically define a a ritual as a routine with intention. So whatever routine and and the rituals can be as simple as making coffee. And so I've been off coffee for like a month because I've been doing a a parasite cleanse. But before that, damn near every single day, either I would make coffee for Lauren or she would make coffee for me. And that's our time. Like anyone who like I haven't made you guys coffee I have to make you guys coffee I love coffee and uh so 
Okay. Yeah. But it's like it's not a short experience. Like I love just hanging out. It's like a thirty minute thing. For Mike right? Salemi. Yeah. This is exactly what I do. It takes it like definitely thirty minutes. Well. Yeah. It's like every aspect of it is like just super fun and mm -hmm. so I just we just really have a lot of I don't know how Lauren feels about me taking 30-45 minutes to make her coffee but yeah. I'm having a great time <laughs> but that that uh, is one example of just a ritual where it's like there's no phones um, we're together we're having a conversation it's just like 45 minutes of just pure connection and enjoyment over coffee mm. uh, we're not rushing out the door or whatever it is but that's one of the first thing because there's intention behind it. And I think too, like whether it's, whether you're drinking coffee or even drinking water, it's like when you take a sip, if you put intention to the sip that you're drinking, it becomes charged. And so you can charge the coffee. Um, so whatever it is could be a ritual, but that's one that comes to mind. Yeah. Food definitely comes up for sure. Um, and I think we do both live so Ritualistically, is that a word? Ritualistically. Mm -hmm. yeah. Ritualistically. Um, but we've helped develop, I, I feel really supported in developing my rituals together and independently through being in this relationship. Like we're just both there. And so now we get to like do it with someone and, and be, I mean, just in, so connected and having our own experiences but again creating that container of of partnership and love and um yeah so around food specifically i mean that's we're so passionate about if it's coffee or if it's you know cooking or sitting down to eat i mean there's so many rituals through all of those steps um and I think that ritual has just really helped tether us together um, and our souls together. And there's more like obvious rituals too. We have Tahape has been a really beautiful um, medicine that Mike introduced me to actually before we even were dating. Um, we had a really beautiful ceremony and Shauna, our, our friend was, was down there with us in San Diego. So long story short, Hape and has been a practice that it's been so special to almost every day just commune and sometimes it's with Hape or sometimes it's not or sometimes one of us will have medicine and the other one won't. But the reflection after that space, I think that's the most powerful ritual for me in our relationship is what comes up during those ceremonies and um and being invited to share, like, that's a huge thing that Mike has gifted me with is asking like my experience and, and listening and, and then sharing his. And it's allowed me to go so much deeper into myself and really anchor those experiences. Because I move, especially mentally, really fast. So it's easy for me to be like, okay, that was the experience. That was powerful. I, I'm having those downloads but to not bring it full circle and actually give voice to it. Um, I think a lot of us get thoughts come and maybe they fester and maybe they stay, but a lot of times they're, they're lost um, without that invitation and that container of safety to, to share. So that's been a really powerful one for me. 
sometimes it can be hard to express something that's powerful like that as well. It's too. been the so, hardest yeah. in finding words, you know, especially with journeys work and other language work. It's like, there's no words for that. So, mm-hmm. but that's another challenge that's come up in ceremonies. It's, it's finding, honoring that there are no words for these experiences, but doing the best you can to just participate with the, with the experience and to express it. Um, that's been so healing for me. I, I'm more like, okay, like I kind of button up for sure. I can relate to that. <laughs> I do experience you guys both as living very intentionally though. As mm-hmm. like the people that I that are in my life, I really feel that from both of you. And it's really cool to witness in relationship for you guys as well. Because mm-hmm. it's so easy to just I mean, life just flies by. Like get it. Is it an eyelash? You didn't make a wish with it? I did. <laughs> Threw it away. Did you wish that we were more intentional and ritualistic with our day? Okay. <laughs> Relevant. Um, yeah, life just flies by, and it's just, it's so easy for, I mean, so it's like, and all of a sudden it's six o'clock and it's time for dinner, okay, and, and get that done, and um, I don't know, like. Yeah, I get what you're saying. That we definitely ex- get lost in, yeah. in the days. sometimes. Yeah. And, and mm. taking the space and time to just relax and be mm. intentional with eating together and not immediately turning on the TV when we're eating together or, you know, rushing from one thing to the next. Oh, now I got a shower. I'm going to rush to the shower, you know, all these things. Whereas I love showering. That could totally be a, a, an intentional moment mm-hmm. for me where I'm reflecting on my day and experiencing the comfort of warm water, you know. Anything could be. But there's always more to get to. It's like, I gotta finish the shower because yeah. food's almost ready, or because what, you know, the next thing needs to be enjoyed. And um, anyway, something to think about. But I think just for us to say, you know, starting to travel full time in the trailer and be more in nature and for things to kind of slow down mm-hmm. in a sense because of that, and for us to be in a tiny space as well, like, it'll be something that we consider. Yeah, I haven't seen a TV in this house. Do you guys have TV? No. We'll, we'll use a computer if we want to watch a show or something like that. Like but, alone? But that was... <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 well, like, We're not sponsored. When I mean, this is a pretty large, large, large home. Like before, um, my brother lived here. So I lived here. My brother lived here. His now wife. Um, and then two roommates who I grew up with. Five people. Five people. Wow. Um, so I was pumping out three espresso shots a day for basically every person uh and like so it was it was it was so much fun but all that to be said my one big rule like absolute there was only one thing like no negotiation was no tv how long has that been a thing for you like was tv like something you really loved when you were little and you got to a point you were like fuck this or is it just like you always had this clarity like that's a that you know, rots your brain. And since you were like 12, you knew, just stay away. <laughs> you know when it actually shifted was, um, I had, this was years ago. We're talking over 10 years ago. I did uh, some coaching with J.P. Sears. And when I was doing coaching with him, one of the things he said was, um, I forget what the words was like, if you want to like, not reach the next level, but if you want to really transform or you want to whatever, uh, live a, you know, a, a much like more intentional life or whatever he said, I just remember he said, take your TV and throw it in the garbage. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> and then, but then I remember, now, like, I love my family. Yeah, <laughs> I love my family. I got great mom and dad. And I will say, and I think this is true with many families, is 
when you walk in, the TV's on full blast, when you walk into a home, when you sit down to eat. And that always like, I mean, I love TV and I love like games and stuff when I was a kid, but it, I never really, it was always challenging to feel heard. And like, and oftentimes mm-hmm. like I, whether wouldn't share because there's a TV on and I'm not gonna interrupt. I'm like the youngest son or like whatever it is, whatever my stories were. And so I remember many times just like going more inward or holding back. And then when JP said that I made the connection, I was like, wow, how different would life be? You know, maybe how more per- much more productive would I be? Would I read more books? Would I do all this stuff? And man, it was like insane. Like I probably got at least three hours more a day to do whatever it was I wanted to do. And that's also like, we joke all the time. Like my word is checking. Like we- Words. Words. <laughs> Joy, thank you. She's also my, she's, yeah, she's also my proofreader. <laughs> <laughs> my editor in chief, <laughs> um, but thank you. Um, like I love checking in with myself, checking with her all throughout the day, and so like those times, like without a TV, whether it's with Hoppy or with a bag of tobacco or just sitting in meditation, like I'm always asking, just like what's coming up, how are you doing, and the, and sometimes nothing's coming up, but it's just like the in sometimes like I know myself. Like I oftentimes need an invitation to share. And I know Lauren shared the same thing. Like it really helps her open up when there's that invitation. And Type so two, Enneagram. <laughs> you know. So that's just, you know, when that shift happened, it was it was a big thing for just like I can't believe you actually have the exact time that you decided to get rid of your TV. I know. Can, that, can that, that, you, like, that, that, I, I was like, oh, she's asking that. That must yeah. have happened. This, and it was, and yeah. there was, a, there there was, was like a, a powerful there was a moment. Shift. Yeah. That what comes up for me when you say, well, I never, I haven't had a TV for 10 years either, which is really interesting that we both had that. Like we have pretty aligned values in my experience. Like we're different, yeah. but like values, super aligned. I don't know. I'm like knocking on wood, but thank goodness. Um, It's really, it's really, no, it's just really cool to just, anyways, side note, but from the, um, the values thing and the TV, I think when you said that about, you didn't feel either that you safe enough to share or the conversations shifted to having this like, you know, electronic box in the room spewing out whatever types of conversation and programming for me my biggest value I think especially in relationship is presence and how we're I mean I, I personally don't believe that we can multitask like we're focused people like in the sense of survival so we may be hopping around a lot but with that type of energy around and for me like I'm super hyper vigilant like it's really hard for me to really get that flow state focus point so just the noise of television is i'm like i'm like how do people have fucking time and energy for this it's it's overwhelming to like our sensory system and we can't and we just have a very less i mean we have a pretty peaceful day-to-day life and i think that's largely because we don't have like noise pollution of especially fox news I mean, any it's it's. Any we go to our our family's place, and I know that's a huge trigger of me of mine is like not only do I feel like my parents or family aren't present, but it's like they're listening to fucking garbage, and I'm like, yeah. I it's just we're on a different frequency or yeah. something. Like, but the vibration is just 
not So how do you pleasant. decide, like, those moments where you do pop the computer open and you're like, I could use an episode of Alone or whatever it is. Like, how do you decide, like, okay, it's all right. Like, do you have a once a week it's cool or Saturdays it's cool or is it just... <laughs> If it was up to me, I'd probably have a schedule yeah. and a regimented schedule I was about say. yeah, a calendar and like. Don't tempt us. But uh, <laughs> Lauren's been inviting an, a lot more fluidity into freedom within framework <laughs> is what we say. <laughs> Mikey so provides the she's framework. Like, I'm like spontaneity. Let's go with the flow, and she's like, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's the balance of both, and I think yeah. that that's I'm. I'll say I. I'm a pleasure-seeking person, and I fully love the richness of life and Such indulgence. Yeah, and I'm a double Taurus. Like, just give me all the good stuff, you know? And um, and I don't feel a lot of guilt or shame around those types of things. And I'm, for <laughs> sure, like, we can be bullshitting ourselves. I mean, it's not... The thing I, I don't like when the computer's on my body, you know, like when I think more consciously, I'm like, yeah, I'm bullshitting myself, but it's it's all good. But um, I think we just allow ourselves, at least now too, if if we don't have a big project or if you don't have a big work thing going on where that's the res- that's what needs to be done, it's celebration and it's just fun and it helps us kind of wind down from the day because we've been working for hours and doing other stuff so I think it's balance Again, anything with intention like it can be okay but if you're totally like and what are we watching too you yeah, know exactly. I mean we're watching totally. cool stuff that we feel stimulated and like we're learning and before alone oh. it was dual survival did you guys see that I Cody Lundin yeah, barefoot guy yeah, write that down write that down yeah it's big. <laughs> it's but um I think that that's a huge part of it like we don't watch tv ever I we watched what two commercials because we didn't want to pay for a loan and then we're like oh we can't do this and we counted five of them in a row were pharmaceutical companies Uh i was like is this a freaking joke Uh i was like and then it was it was just so bad so i think what people are watching definitely changes the influence of that and how fast you can sink into a terrible state um neither of us watch scary movies mike is very (laughs) We won't say delicate. You will, you will never badass, see me in a scary movie. But like she the guy books. We're talking like hocus it's pocus. A waste of time. Yeah. Why? I don't really like them. That every once in a while, there's just a, makes you feel alive. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So I, I think I you know the quality is we're qualitarians in that way for sure. Like what are we listening to? What are we absorbing? Qualitarians. That's awesome. It's a good one, huh? <laughs> I never heard you say that before. Yeah. Qualitarians. Um, so I'm curious what Tyler's thinking in response to all of this, because to be truthful, like we eat dinner and watch TV and like we do that. So what are you thinking? Are you should we go home and throw our TV away? Um, I, I'm honestly <laughs> the part of me is like, no, I don't want to, and the other part of me is like, if you don't want to, that's probably something you should do. <laughs> I mean, I've lived without TV before before I met you. because we watch probably maybe an hour, hour That's and a half. Lie. It's it's not a lie. We watch we finish, <laughs> we finish dinner and we're cooking dinner probably somewhere between seven and eight. If Ashley's organizing dinner, we're cooking finishing dinner around eight. I try to get things done a little bit sooner. But um, it, I always cap us at nine PM. 
Like, there's no watching TV past 9 p.m. Maybe That's we get cool. wild on a Friday or Saturday night, and we'll go to, like, last night we watched TV until 9.30. What are you guys watching? Funny stuff. We like watching the alone or funny stuff. But yeah, I also it. have, I will be honest, my oh. voice is, love it, I'm being honest, you shut <laughs> your mouth. Um, my <laughs> vice is definitely Bachelor and like some shitty reality TV shows. I'm gonna be honest. All right, look you in the eye. <laughs> I watch shitty reality TV shows. Am I shitty? Let it out. Part of it <laughs> might be. Do I like it? Yeah. And that's where I'm at, and it's okay. So maybe someday I'll have this moment where I realize it's all a lie, and I need to throw it away. <laughs> but. 80-20 applies to everything. Truth is, when we start traveling in the trailer, we're not going to have like full-time internet access to you. Oh. Like, you are more conscious about, like, because you, you have to pay for hotspot, you like, that's limited, mm-hmm. and you need that for work, and so you you just naturally are going to be more. At like, which point, I'll start beating Ashley at chess much more often. Mm, well, say that. <laughs> Anyways, uh, segue into conflict. I think, like, people in relationships, like, Obviously, conflict is hard. How do we go about it? Yeah. Ashley and I are going through our own things and like how, what, in what way do we want to manage our conflicts? Yeah. Um, and for her, it's very much about like the core type of the, what I experienced through the Enneagram as her being understood and me feeling loved. So we apply that in conflict, or at least yeah. we're starting to mm-hmm. and really hoping to get that. But I'm just curious if you guys haven't, if you've ever been through a conflict, I'd love to know. How yeah. do you actually operate through that? There's a conscious <laughs> way of I know what you're going to say. What kind of bad words do you say? No. Come on. Yeah. Go for it, please. <laughs> Should I? Yeah, go get into it, man. Man. I mean, honestly. Let it rock. <laughs> <laughs> this is his fate, like everything. This is how we don't have conflict is because we're cracking up because it's Yeah, hilarious. we laugh all the time. Um, <laughs> man, yeah, honestly, I think laughter is... is <laughs> essential um in conflict and in life just to keep it loving and all of that laughter is such a powerful medicine so i think both of us are guilty slash we bring humor to the moment and um and laugh at like kind of maybe deflect some things through humor Mm -hmm. um we in my experience we don't have a obvious conflict relationship like we're not dramatic in the sense of highs and lows and stuff i think we're both kind of we're earth signs and rounded and more internally processing doesn't sound like it now because i'm speaking so much but um we're here to speak speak as much as you want we have a silent podcast see how many people would listen yeah that's a good point it's an invitation (laughs) um so we haven't had huge like we don't fight but do we discuss and share and grow from conflict in life absolutely because we all have conflict so you don't have like arguments that get heated there's never been like a heated there's been hurt in my experience like there's been challenging moments and i think that we're both finding our ways of expressing ourselves um, through relationship. So sometimes I think if if I'm hurt or triggered or um, assume something or whatever it is that doesn't feel good, my tendency is I kind of clam up and there's build up energetically and like with my voice and stuff. It's really hard for me to communicate those emotions, especially when they're confusing or or whatever. 
but the container of safety that we've cultivated and grown one he's in my experience we can sense each other where we're at and have the courage and tools like nonviolent communication and ways of communicating (laughs) um that really really help um open open me up and open each other up and and help grow um and I think our, our kind of medicine is always that whatever we're doing or talking about, we bring kindness to mm. the conversation. Mm-hmm. We're very kind to each other, like always. Yeah, I think what one of, one of the things that we both have realized is like we are, Lauren and I are so compatible, like so compatible, like most always 90% of the time we're on the same page, which is awesome. And that can also leave the window open for miscommunication because sometimes we can think we're on the same page and we're not. Mm-hmm. And those, if I think about whether it's arguments, disagreements, typically they always came from an assumption that the other person understood what we were saying. And so we've kind of uh, initiated something funny where it's, we always say like, what did you hear me say? And then how did you get there? No. What's Close. Close. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, watch out, I get feisty in here. She's like, no, no, no. Is it lifetime? No, we, we say, where are you and how did you get there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, where are you? Because yeah. truly, I mean. I didn't hear you say that correctly. Yeah, no. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, no, it's true. But, and, and through like com- questions like, um, what did you hear me say? We could get better at that for sure because. <laughs> That's so critical because it's, it's whatever I say is is twisting through someone else's lens and if they repeat back to me they are going to use different words yeah and when it's very clear how the other person hears something with these introduction of these other words and there are synonyms and Mm. similar words and but but there are also a variety of words for a reason they they mean different things and i love that that invitation to to say sort of like, can you, you know, can you reflect back? Like, what did you hear me say? Like, you say all these things and like, okay, what is it that you heard? And before you go anywhere and you respond, before you defend, you repeat. And and Mm -hmm. I think that's awesome. And I don't think that we necessarily do that, but I like it. Write that in. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's too, because I, and we do it in a funny way, because I'm like, I'm not letting you store that away like that, yeah. you know, like yeah. we're going to get clarity here because that's how we literally tuck that folder of the memory of the energetic experience in the body. Like what, what emotion was it that you're tucking away? Because if we don't have some clarity, or at least air it out, it's like you could be tucking away so many different things and then that's going to be the trigger in the future. So, um, yeah, clarity, um, Safety, kindness, respect is effing huge. I think that's one of our mm. big, our, our, is our biggest value to ourselves and to humans of all humans. You know, everyone deserves respect, but especially the person that you love and you do life with. It's if there's not respect there and maturity to, you know, be a equitable and loving person to your partner, like. Yeah, I just, it just, I think it shows a lot about um, your relationship with yourself of how you're in relationship and in conflict with, with your intimate partner. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we're all, we all have work to do for sure. We, 
definitely trigger each other, you know, and that's where we've grown and we've had those conversations. It's really been like, oh, okay, like now I feel like that's, that weight is, is lighter and it's, um, so we're, we're healing in relationship and through conflict too. Yeah. I, I got an interesting question, but you might, you might too. I think you're going to like what I, I think you might like what I say. (laughs) Well, you can go first. Okay. Um, I'm curious in the merger, the merger, the merge of you two humans. (laughs) Um, how do I want to say this exactly? But like, do you have the same question I have right now? I don't know. It'd be funny. I'm curious, like for you, Mike, and then for you, Lauren. So Mike, is there anything that you've been honest with yourself that you realize that you're trying to get from Lauren to heal a mother wound? and vice versa, that you're trying to get from Mike to heal a father wound. Hmm. That is anything that's come to light through the union, the I merge. I appreciate that question. Yeah, I thought you might like it. Was it what you had? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Wow. And if nothing's come up yet, then that's cool too. You know, uh, I, I, I don't know. If, yeah, go on, please. So... <laughs> No, I just lost it. <laughs> no, you didn't. Did that you guys step in? Oh, oh it sure did. Ooh. Um, so <laughs> the ego was like, no, this don't so say it. Oh, no, <laughs> well, it's it's for me, I think it's easy to say that my experience of Mike is a very like Mike I'll just say it outright. Mike is not like my dad to me. Like, I don't experience them to be, like, similar things. I don't see them to be, like, polar opposites either, you know? Like, it's kind of like a neutral charge there. Um, so I don't really feel like he triggers that, my the wounds I have with my dad in any obvious way. But what comes up right now is what I really do, and I've been very open with Mike about requesting and, um, and needing is structure and like that like fatherly like um or masculine structure and that I don't feel like I experienced as a kid in in my relationship with my dad I felt felt like he was more um tuned out you know and I didn't really have that like you know framework within the freedom so I think if there is some something then it's that I really get from Mike is is that like ability to if if structure equates to father then that is really helpful for me and um do you experience him as actually offering that for you yeah yeah Yeah, big time for sure nice job Mike and I also (laughs) think like I'll give you a break I mean I'm not like his mom per se. We have our own personalities, but I can imagine that there's some like, ref- you know, I'm probably more like, well, well I'll let you talk. You talk. <laughs> uh, the only thing that comes up is, um, <laughs> so my mom and sweetest lady. On like, this, this she's sweet, a Disney character. She's, like, she's so, so kind. So innocent and so sweet. Like I was just thinking, uh, growing up, I lived, I stayed in, in that middle room up there in, in the house. And like, I would have friends over and we'd be out drinking and we'd come home like hammered. And my mom would be like 1am come up like, can I make some uh, chicken cutlets for you boys? <laughs> And my friend's like, yeah, let's go, Mrs. Salemi, let's go. 
and then come home and there'd be like beer under the the bed and stuff like that and just like my mom like turned a blind eye never Mike really... has a wild past I, I didn't this we is, wouldn't I think actually so do. Yeah. but I'm learning this is true I'm learning this is true okay. I'm sorry to interrupt when I was 15 you. yeah fake ID when I was 15 wow yeah 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 can you believe it can you Anyways. I believe it. Yeah. Go on. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. I mean, probably because I did as well. Like, I feel like people don't go into. I mean, this is my projection on you. Like, I didn't know what health and wellness was until I went through like the worst of all of it. Right. Like mm-hmm. being so unhealthy and drinking a lot, being broken, and all these things. That's that's what led me to health and wellness. So mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but like mm-hmm. to get the polarization, yeah. it, it helps find another side. Mm. But I really want to know still, what, what is Mike getting from Lauren that he may have or may have not gotten from his father? Uh, well, the only, I don't know if it'll answer it exactly like that, but like the one thing like growing up, like my mom did, like my dad was always working. So both my parents are immigrants from Sicily and basically came here with nothing and built business. And, and my dad, like, I remember him just nonstop working when I was growing up like wasn't around he was there for sure but we were basically my brother and I were basically raised by our grandparents like the my grandfather who I'm named after Michele like he's the one didn't speak English from Sicily and like all the rituals of making like tomato sauces and and peppers and like that's some of the fondest memories I have as a kid but I will say like my mom was was very mothering so like my mom like Italian mother's tend to be like my mom did a lot of things for me and all out of love and so one of the things that I've had to like catch myself and Lauren's done this amazingly is like I would not say I'm a slob by any means but like I'm not super clean right clean enough let's say but like Lauren uh, loves a super orderly house like the the space in which we live like as I'm learning is like either very conducive to healing and productivity or it's like the antithesis of that or can be and so like she's pointed out certain things and you know when if there's the dishes or the the sink is full of dishes like she'll clean them and then like i'll notice myself like there'll be an like i'll think like oh it's like she's doing it for me but then she'll catch me she'll be like i just want to let you know I'm, i'm not cleaning this for you this is not for okay, you. I don't say it like that. Maybe a little dramatic. I was going to say this, so I'm glad you did. But again, this is like, oh, this is what he heard me say. As I oh, said. Right. Oh my God. <laughs> no, I'm, now, now we're getting to the shit. What I say is like, I'm doing this for me. Yeah. No, I get but, it. And it's funny too because, and maybe I say something different, but like I will, I'm learning to announce and actually this came up on a call with John whenever I think all of us have um, been his student, but because um, I asked that, I was like, because when we're talking mommy stuff or whatever, like I would say that there's that essence of me that is like nurturing, like mm-hmm. you know, a homemaker. Like I fucking I love an environment and a habitat of you know good vibes and good energy and flow and nature and like order. But like I'm not super clean or anal either Mm -hmm. um which is why i think this is compatible but um john told me he's like he's like it doesn't matter um why you're doing it it's why he thinks you're doing it or whatever so if i'm just arbitrarily doing all the laundry for me because i just don't want to look at the laundry and i like having clean laundry that's one thing but if 
you silently watch me do laundry and assume that I'm doing it as like a mothering kind of mm-hmm. activity, even if it's subconscious on both of our sides, it's just, it was just a really it interesting... It perpetuates something because if you assume you see her doing it, you may start to build an expectation that yeah. Lauren will always do that. And then you may then build a resentment that you find yourself being the one to always do it. And so <laughs> I like that you're like getting ahead of the flame and you're communicating. We well. Yeah, you got to get ahead of the fire a little bit and say, hey, like I'm doing this because I want this. But that doesn't mean I wouldn't like you to do this. Well, honestly, <laughs> it's like we're all practicing parenting ourselves, mm-hmm. and that's yeah. I mother myself yeah. through tidying and through cooking, like whatever stigma or you know, like I'm doing that as I learn how to mother myself, and I'm getting good at mothering myself. So naturally, that's going to kind of spill into my life around that I'm just act motherly, yeah. you know. So again, that kind of like. One, just ability to, to laugh and speak honestly about stuff, you know? But, yeah. So I love it. I, it reminds me of what John says about making your partner your parent. Yeah. And it's fucking scary because it's sure. gross. But we do that, and we do that through our expectations. And I've certainly, I come from an Italian family as well. Wow. So uh, my grandpa immigrated from Italy. Wow. And we have so I many was, similarities. We, like, yeah. I'm like... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he was like the elder that I was most close with. Mm-hmm. Like my dad was working, my mom was definitely there a lot, but I would be at my grandparents' house with them if either of them were busy. That was like where we went. And I grew up seeing a lot of chauvinistic characteristics, both mm-hmm. through my grandpa and my what my dad took on through him and what he then expected of my mother. And my mother was ended up not being okay with that, but I took all that on as well. So now uh, I see this most. She knows where I'm going. <laughs> I see this most with dinner. Like mm-hmm. I come home from work after training people. Sometimes a little bit later, six thirty, seven thirty, whatever it is. And if Ashley's not even considered dinner, I get so fucking triggered. <laughs> I get so triggered, and I'm just like, how could you not? At least you know, think about it. I'm, I'm like, Did you, but what are we I- having dinner? Did you want to eat tonight? And yeah, I'm ready, makes, I'm ready. But, but, but I totally recognize <laughs> that this is dad shit. This <laughs> is, this is yeah. masculine stuff. Well, that, and I was certainly going <laughs> down that road much worse off than I am now if I hadn't started <laughs> what I've, you know, the work that I've been doing. It's not good enough for her at this current moment, but it would have been worse. Everyone <laughs> in his family tells me, like, how much oh, better I'm... off he, how much better he is, and how much better he is now, and I'm like, that's great, but there's always room for him. <laughs> oh, yeah, and, I... and it kind of bothers me when, when people, in, like, his mom will say it a lot to try to, like, maybe ease me a little bit, like, okay, that's great that he's better. I mean, I didn't know him when he was 15, and he was a massive slob. I know him now. And I know, like, you know, and we're trying to, we're, we share a space and we have to agree on what works and what doesn't. But just to add to, like, the, exa- the funny example of, like, you come home and you you just have an expectation that I'm going to be considering dinner, maybe because of this, this, <laughs> this subconscious way of, like, what you saw growing up, right? You acknowledge that, and that's great. Um, but the, what triggers me about that in that moment is, like, so he goes to his clients. And he and I have my own business where I'm at home. Like my studio is in our home space. I'm making stuff. I don't go anywhere. Why do we have to talk about your triggers? Ha <laughs> um, No, I'm just saying in response to to this. So is this your defense then? Is that what you're doing? No, I'm explaining my response. Just let me talk. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
you're gonna make me lose my train of thought. Thank you. Um, it's all your fault. Um, no, but what bothers me about it is he like I feel like he's expecting that because I'm home that I'm available mm. and mm. and in the mindset of set of ready to do that. But like I work at home. Just because I am not somewhere else doesn't mean that I am available to start cooking. So, you know, mm-hmm. I, I in, in response, when he comes home and he's upset that dinner hasn't even been considered or isn't made yet, my response to it, you know, is like, um, yeah, I don't like that it's ex- like so that it's not communicated and, and expected, and it feels like a disregard for my work that my work is not is. important because like if you're out with a client until 6 30 or yeah. 7 what if I want to work till 6 30 or 7 if I want to work till 7 o'clock as well that means dinner hasn't started yet but since you're gone and I'm home I have to stop working sooner so that dinner can be made at a time when you would like to eat it mm-hmm. so Something to to, uh, pause on and for us to contemplate at another time, Uh, but just to be vulnerable and share, you know, one funny example of what happens on a day to day. Yeah, and I'm, I, yeah, I totally get that, and I understand, and I, I can take ownership of that that expectation. Yeah, and something funny that we actually thought of doing, I'll just share with you guys, is we actually thought it'd be interesting for some podcast episodes, like. So what we've started to try to do is, like, on a weekly basis, we know that on a certain time we've committed and agreed, like, Thursdays at 11, we're always going to come together and, like, have an hour and we're going to talk. And we and if there's anything, like, on our hearts, we know that we have that time. And so we've been trying to put that into play. So I thought occasionally it'd be interesting to actually record that conversation because sometimes that can go from conversation mm-hmm. to trigger and maybe argument or something, but to record it. And... For us to listen back to the recording and then do an, an extra recording where we say, hey, okay, we listened back to all that and we gave it a day and like some reflection and put all that together. Because I think it, I, what we want to do with this podcast, which is why we're talking about it now, is like just to be vulnerable and share, like, you know, not to always come up here and look perfect and prepared, and, mm. but to be, you know, share those, I mean, yeah, those areas where we're working on this, things. Sorry, guys. I don't know about you, but did you guys grow up seeing healthy conflict in your parents? Mm. Hmm. The reason I'm thinking of that is like if, just totally brainstorming here, if we're to demonstrate, if you're to demonstrate uh, healthy conflict through podcast, conversation, whatever, and people actually get to witness that, and it's real, like you're actually in conflict, like the recording she's talking Mm. about, people learning through actually seeing it, it could be interesting. Yeah. That's really cool. I love that idea. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I didn't have that model. Yeah. I don't think many of us did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, I mean, I'm a visual learner, so if I could see like body language and stuff and like mm-hmm. a recording of all that, that, that's huge. For me, it's tone with Ashley. Yeah. Like, Ashley's tone really affects me in the body language and stuff. Mm. Um, but I, I'm, do you guys have anything to reflect on that? That was a lot. No. That was great. I love just the, the rawness and the authenticity available to recording and you know sharing or not sharing but just like having the courage and the willingness to hear yourself and to share that and to reflect um I mean it would be an interesting question it's like if you knew that was recorded what how would you speak yeah exactly Exactly. and it might go smoother that way honestly like if you know you're being recorded it might you know, motivate you to be a little bit more kind. attuned to your... Yeah. And then it would help you 
second guess yourself like okay like how before I talk how can I be kind and it may actually be a tool for practicing how to communicate in a kind manner and so hey like as we're talking about it now like people could just like pop open some recording app on their phone and say like okay you know this conversation is is escalating let's record for for our for a tool for ourselves like so that we can reflect back and listen back maybe in our own time maybe together maybe not individually and because um, sometimes a lot of times for us when we get in um, conflict it's like you said this no I absolutely did not say that no you said this so to have it recorded would be helpful but anyways <laughs> do either of you re-listen to coaching conversations that you've had like your own coaching conversations and how is that for you because we're kind of to our relationship but do you get a lot of re-listening to your your coaching calls hearing yourself in moments like that mike's a champion at this like you are so good at listening to yourself <laughs> which i think shows up in real life example like um and and what comes up for me even before that is is how fast and intentionally are we speaking and slow like when you listen to something over at least for me like it's mortifying to, mm. I see everything I hear everything I'm like oh god like mm. um, it's it's overwhelming so just kind of bringing into all conversation and dialogue that like not like filter where you're not being real um, but just that little voice of like okay what what am I really saying? Like our so, words yeah. are so powerful. It's just the mirror. Uh, the the energy is so powerful. I mean, we're spewing this stuff like onto each other all the time. And like, what are we spewing? What do I feel really good knowing I either said to someone I love or anyone, you know, like our word I think is, is the most powerful thing we have actually. Mm-hmm. Um, impeccable with your word. Mm-hmm. It's right there. Down. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the simple stuff, but consistent and like, when things are really hard um, or really challenging, it's like what part, that's when it matters, mm. you know, truly. Um, it's in those moments. So if you just go off the wall in those really challenging moments and you're like, oh, it's because it was so bad. It's like, no, that's where it's needed. That's when our heart is most needed and our caution and care to the power of our energy and, and what we're saying, I think just like self-ownership of that mm-hmm. so snaps yeah, two things come up here and that one is like goes back to one of the earlier questions you guys had asked about like in fights or in challenging moments how do we respond and like for me like I've learned in past relationships that it was never like it was never I had this is how I experienced it. it wasn't safe to speak my truth and so like and also coming from just challenging not really having models for communication like I remember in past relationships, I would be laying down and like, I would be so angry in bed, like so angry, but I didn't want to say anything because I thought it would upset the other person or whatever. And I've carried that. And I would say like, thanks to Lauren and myself, like I've really been shifting that where it is so challenging for me. If we have a disagreement or whatever, I'm in bed and I just want to go to sleep. Like, I just need to sleep and I know I'll be better in the morning. And I've really challenged myself that in those moments, because Lauren, on the other hand, like, can't go to sleep. Like, exactly like that. Yeah. She, she, she'll just be like, can we please talk? And it's really been like, um, 
an opportunity for me to really grow in the sense of like, I know this sucks and this is like literally like pulling nails out of my body for like just getting able to speak a few words and I may not even be able to speak. Maybe it's just like hard for me to even utter, but I've just known and told myself like, you need to step the fuck up. Like you need to like say something because I'm not going to perpetuate this thing anymore. And it was, I mean, we've been together now for over a year and now I wouldn't say it's easy, but it's easier. Um, so that was, that was, a, I think a really big transition. And then what was, what was the, the other question that was asked to you that you guys had asked? I can't. I don't remember, but <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. That's fine. Yeah, I, remember five minutes, I do like. I will say though, what you just said, Mike. I love that you specifically said that this is an opportunity. Like this is an opportunity for me. Like you recognize that it's challenging, and instead of saying this is challenging, this is really hard. I don't like it. It's like you're reframing that. It's like okay this is an opportunity for me to practice something that's really challenging. Mm -hmm. I love that. Mike, do you relate more with the avoidant attachment style? Uh, what are the, these are like, what are the attachment styles? Avoidant, anxious, insecure. And there's, I would say avoidant probably. Yeah. Yeah. Ashley is the, at least I'm the hybrid anxious avoidant. Oh, you are. Okay. Yeah. Just have to do a little everything, don't you? Like, <laughs> <laughs> this or that. Have you noticed? Have you noticed in the relationship though, from the beginning to now, that it's kind of shifted for you? For sure. Yeah. I mean, it. And I think too. I mean, we both. I guess it comes up in all the time. We did a lot of work. Mm. Those are more air quotes. Yeah. Before coming together. Um, as a couple and had we not done that it could ease like I, I think you would have had your avoidant attachment you know he would have probably run away I would have whatever would have happened who fucking knows but like I think we've done so much work on ourselves to now be able to more um at least have more capability to to bring that to you were it's our right. relationship. You were both right. When I met Tyler, I could right. use my ripe tomato. <laughs> he had done a lot of that work. And since meeting him, I'm exposed to a lot of these tools and done it for myself. But I called him my ripe tomato. So you guys were both, you were like hanging out in the same garden. And you were both like turning red. But then we also have so much work to do yeah. too. Yeah. And like, and I think that sure. it, it's really cool that we're able to grow together like on different things you know like I'm working on my stuff he's working on his stuff and we have stuff together but um it's definitely gotten better in the sense that I feel like we we attract we have soul contracts with people that we're meant to grow with through different challenges of life and um yeah so the the things that I was struggling with before being with him I do feel like I've evolved through and and now it's a different different thing on the table but yeah yeah I can say as well like Ashley when I met her was very very avoidant attachment like big time stiff arm and if I hadn't been doing (laughs) if I hadn't been doing like the work that I had been doing being a very anxious attacher I would have driven her away real real quick but finding the security within myself not to say I wasn't anxious still but you know, more secure in how I was, it allowed me to be patient with her and actually mm. progress into the relationship. And now I'd say I feel very
very secure in our relationship. On my side. She's made a huge, yeah. huge progress. <laughs> for me, I just, like, uh, it could have been really easy for me to just, like, bounce just like anyone else when I felt those feelings of, like, wait, <clears throat> we had an amazing first date, and then it was, like, it, it, there was, like, a week before I reached out to him again because it was, like, <gasps> this huge whiplash of, like, no, 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 I don't like this guy. Oh, like, literally, I was, like, no, 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 and now I realize it's, like, a fear of commitment and things like that, but... I just want to add that the reason I, I just, there was an inexplainable uh, desire to push through that desire to avoid and run away. Like Mm -hmm. I, I just knew that there was something there and I wouldn't have been able to put that in words at the time, but there, somehow I was able to push past it and communicate and like, I feel like, you know, running away, but I'm going to try and hang out a little bit longer. <laughs> <laughs> this is actually true. Yeah. Yeah. We have our own version of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was there something you wanted to ask earlier? That's I actually did? a perfect segue okay, cool. into, um, yeah, so her, you know, wanting to run away. The, the question I've been pondering and asking you guys for a little while now is the connection you've had been so deep and so powerful that it's actually scared you? Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yeah. day one yeah I mean I've known we've known each other for uh, I mean we've been together for a year but before that we knew each other for like eight years and we were friends similar circles but just friends and then really how we connected and I mean it was so wild like I mean I had invited Lauren to a combo ceremony served combo and then I invited her to a medicine ceremony that my friend was hosting and serving him and his wife, two amazing humans. And at that ceremony, what had happened was is I uh, re-upped on the dosage like at some point during, and I forgot about that. So we had ended ceremony, and we were all kind of around the food platters and like eating some fruit and some nuts, etc. And I don't know what time it was, maybe like 2 a.m. So 2 a.m. hits, and I'm like, all right, guys, like I'm cashing out. I'm going to go to sleep. And I chose an area in the house to sleep where I always would sleep. And I loved a big, like, room with a massive cushion and beanbag. And since it was Lauren's first time there, uh, the wife uh, took uh, our friend Valerie, had taken her around the house to see. And I don't even know if you knew I was there or maybe kind of knew I was there. I was, like, under blankets. (laughs) And then, um, so as soon as, this is how I remember it, but as soon as Lauren started sitting down, she get, she had asked me, she's like, hey Mike, is it okay if I sleep here on like this end of the cushion? And I'm like, yeah, of course, it's big, whatever. <laughs> and like for me and both of us, like the medicine space is something super like respected. So like there's no intimacy or anything like that or like physical intimacy, right? But the thing was is as she was sitting down, I remember either my head or verbally saying like, oh, fuck the medicine's hitting again and i i was i think i said something to the effect of like i'm about to journey again just gotta let you know and from that moment to the morning it was one of the most challenging ceremonies i'd ever had like i couldn't speak uh i just remember like fighting a metaphorical dragon that whole time and so she was right next to me and she didn't know what was going on but she knew something like i was going through something and so like it was the wildest experience. Like as I was fighting this metaphorical dragon, like there was this deep, deep, deep connection. Um, and I was like, this gal's got my like back no matter what. And I've never felt that from anything. And she just held space for me the whole night. 
And one of the things I realized later was is a big part of that dragon for me was the fear of what was happening energetically. Like I had been so afraid, like before Lauren, I was, my last relationship was eight years ago and it ended really traumatically. And so like it took, it's taken me a long time to heal. And the other thing I've realized is, you know, I could have, uh, done all this work on myself and and was even avoiding relationships obviously and to say like to keep some safety but i've realized like there's no amount of healing i could have ever done by myself that when i'm in relationship the new wound like the things that it was going to bring up from the past but all that to be said like that dragon was me being scared as shit like the, the, the walls were breaking down. Oh my gosh, I, there's some connection here. Like this girl's got my back. I don't know what's happening, what I'm going through. No, 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 you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't. Put up the walls, put up the walls. And it was exhausting. But that was really the night that like, like I still am blown away at how much she showed up for me that night. And I could only utter like two words at random hours, which was just, thank you. <laughs> thank you. I just remember that. And... uh <laughs> <laughs> but um so i mean she really like i just have so much respect and love and gratitude like when someone it, it's like when you when you shared earlier like how do you guys fight and stuff like that it's like in moments of those when someone's like literally been there for you through some of the darkest of moments it's like I've got so, so, so much respect for Lauren. And she's not just showing up for me in that ceremony. She's showed up for me in some very heavy shit. And so, like, I've literally... Yes, we have our differences and when we're miscommunicating. But, like, there's really so much deep respect. And the only other person I've ever really felt that with is my brother. And my brother and me, we've lived together, trained together, uh, worked side by side next to offices, uh, side, like a glass wall partition in our family business for eight years. And literally I could count the amount of fights on one hand I've gotten with my brother. And really it started, I still remember when I was a young kid, for whatever, he's the older brother, two and a half years, for whatever the reason, I always felt respected. And like, I never wanted to betray or abuse that respect. And he would always ask me, like, check up on me and stuff like that. And so in a different but similar way, Lauren's the only person that really I haven't, like, gotten sick being with. Like, I love being with her. And my brother's the only other person that I could say that about. And the big common thread is, like, been both been there for me through some heavy shit. And have both shown me a level of respect that I didn't even know existed. And I really want to repay that as much as I can. Well, and also, like kind of on a different track but I feel like with other times that there was kind of that like pullback or that fear response if it's like anxious or avoidant or whatever at the beginning of our relationship it felt like and we talked about it openly then but it was in those moments of profound intimacy that that like whiplash happened yeah. it was almost immediately after so if it was this ceremony particularly like we talk, like I kind of had a backdoor entry into Mike's heart, and 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 I think that works on both sides. But he's very good in my experience at putting transparent walls up, but there's walls up there. So it's like putting himself in very intimate environments, but um, for whatever reason, not feeling safe enough to really 
go through that with someone. It's like you're kind of like a solo writer and through your journeys. Mm-hmm. And um, and so, yeah, in other moments too, when we were like really, really connected, because our, our relationship is, it's for sure a very spiritual container. Like, and there's the energetics and all that stuff. So when we were feeling all of these things, like then the mind comes in and it's like, what I've never experienced something like this. Like it must not be safe, you know, like, cause that's what I was taught, you know, like that's how I experienced, you know, trauma bonding and all, whatever it is. Um, something about him and me in those moments didn't feel safe, you know, because that intimacy is so deep and so um, real. So I think there was some like hand holding on both sides of like reminding of mm. of the safety, the respect, like the, the safety container that is required to be in deep intimacy and not want to run the other fucking way because that's the scariest thing there is. It's also the most rewarding thing too, but you got to kind of swim across that's that river true. before you experience the bounty on the other side. Well, I was so impressed. Like, and I mean, I, we all bring things, I imagine from our past relationships, right? Oh, At some point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like, uh, I'm just been blown away at like, and I, and I know I consciously, and I'll tell her like, I'm bringing in stuff from past relationship. And as sometimes as hurtful as something like maybe that I said or whatever I'm bringing in, like, I've been blown away at how I would just say mature she's been and also just like aware that it's like it hurts still hurts her right and she's voiced that but she also knows it's not about her and I'm just like and I've told her like many times in the past and we've grown so much in this year and I've told her it's like I just need like I just need you to be patient with me Mm -hmm. because like I'm just relearning how to fucking get my feet feet underneath me again in a relationship and like I've really just been surviving just me this whole time so I really don't have much relationship experience to go off of and the last one was so painful um so I'm like incredibly grateful that she's just been patient and we've had those like really you know hard convert or challenging conversations and she's just really shown up and I'm like fuck like I really do have something amazing that's exactly what I was going to ask you. I was like, how has the response been from what you said as a traumatic relationship such a long time ago into this really mm-hmm. deep that you just... He read your mind. Well, I think too, like, I mean, we are both super independent people. Like, we've done it our own, on our own for hmm. our whole life, you know? Like, do we love the people we love? Absolutely. But we're kind of, like, it, it takes practice remembering or learning for the first time how to do life with someone doesn't matter how aligned or how compatible or or the opposite of that like it is it's like we're all learning especially if you're in that personality type where you're like you're an entrepreneur you're doing all these things you're an athlete all this stuff um but having another human being with different needs, different variables, like mm-hmm. different life complexities and, and all that stuff. Um, I think it, it does take time no matter how good it is. Yeah, so. It's a constant, I think it's probably a constant because if you are someone who's willing to do this work or you know, aware that life changes and I'll, I will change, um, 
it's constant and being willing to be patient through that like it's not like in 10 years everything's good and everything you know it's going to be a constant um i don't know exactly where i was going with that but well it's like as we're patient with each (laughs) other we're really being patient with ourselves and like Mm. that's been the invitation for me Mm. and there's basically only like one or two of those times when i was like you know trying to keep it within myself of like okay like what growth do i have here um so yeah it's it's patience with ourselves i think more than it is even about the other person and and that's that's how we grow you know is whatever that is sitting with it and and working through it instead of running the other way like that to me is maturity and um you can always choose a different way like we're free you know and i think a container of freedom is really important for all relationships and being a human being but um but to return back to yourself and to each other and like there's that's where the commitment is you know and it's a commitment to self um but i think all of us at some time want to run the other way um so what makes you step back in and and that's what i love so much about mike is like he he shows up and i know i show up as well and um you know with all of us having a really challenging medicine ceremony or just a really hard knock in life what allows you to stand back up and re- go back into the fire like every day if you have to yeah this really hits home for me just the commitment and dedication mm-hmm. in my experience are very lacking in, <laughs> in <laughs> yeah, culture and society right now uh especially in relationship like we mm-hmm. say we want to commit our lives to somebody but what that's, that not really what the, that's not what the statistics are showing you know it's happening and um, in general, we have to, myself included, readdress um, the relationship to what commitment means to us and mm-hmm. also realizing that it's not going to be fucking easy. Mm-hmm. Commitment and dedication are not supposed to be easy. It, is, it means that you're going to go through really hard shit, both for yourself, <laughs> with your partner, partner goes through hard shit, you're going through hard shit, you're experiencing it together. And it is the response. It's, it is the showing up. I always say to my clients, like, the showing up is the hardest part. So if you're in front of me, you're going to have a blast. But just get here. Yeah, get that's here. cool. And you know that to be true for yourself. Like, even being in, showing up to your own coaching call. I've been being coached for a while. I'm like, ah, oh, i got to show up to this call right now. <laughs> God damn it. Like, it's just another chore. Sometimes. And sometimes it's not that way. But getting there is hard. And getting through is always super rad. I'm like, why, why did I even mm-hmm. dread that at all? Why did I mm-hmm. anticipate that at all? I think um, through all of that, if, in terms of commitment, it's like uh, understanding for yourself, for example, with a relationship, a romantic relationship, it's like committed to this foundation of what we've built together. And the foundation of who I feel you are, who I come to understand you are, and vice versa. And that there are challenging times and that someone, you experience life and you change and you grow and you evolve and shift a little bit, but so long as that foundation is still in alignment, coming back to that and giving space mm-hmm. for that person to change and shift and grow and, and knowing that that's all okay and like you are experiencing your life and I'm experiencing my life and I get the joy of experiencing some things together, but it's like this, this commitment understanding what commitment for me is almost this understanding of 
knowing that things are not always going to be the same and mm-hmm. committing to this foundation mm-hmm. and being obviously that's caveated with like being honest and truthful with yourself of like what your values are and if that foundation is is based on truth but mm-hmm. anyway it's yeah. kind of like what just kind of bringing it full circle mm-hmm. from the initiation conversations we were having earlier mm-hmm. it's like really especially in romantic love relationships every conflict is an initiation you know it's like Mm. am i going to go through or am i going to go the other way Mm. um in medicine ceremonies we don't really have that option it's like you're under an influence of something and you're you're going through (laughs) you sure can um and you can in in relationships too um how painful is that how's that working out for us you know and the the dedication the commitment to show up and go back and return even knowing like how challenging it could be I think that that's like really just what separates a an evolved mature human being it's like okay like we're here to to work mm-hmm. you know um it can be really beautiful and really fun as well but um yeah committing to ourselves with each other well thank you for connecting it all full circle I was just going to share one last last thing on that. I think, too, like, we're all really fortunate that we have amazing people in our lives. Like, very, not just amazing humans that love us, but also really talented coaches. Like, we know some great coaches. And, like, I know Lauren and myself, like, in moments when it's been really challenging for her that what I'm dealing with is, is, you know, triggering stuff in her and stuff that she needs to work on Mm -hmm. on her. Or she needs support. I'm sorry she's reached out to people like John, you know, it's like, so just, I think that's been, you have like, we, yeah, we, um, outsource like stuff. We're all and having support and, you know, asking for help and just, you know, utilizing community and, um, and coaches and, but having the courage to do it. Like it's, Mm -hmm. it's great when you have a partner that's willing to go get the quote, (laughs) air quotes help they need you know well, like it's it's a gift well when you were when you guys had asked like do we re-listen to the conversation so yes i like re-listen to all of them but that doesn't mean it's easy like i literally will have to put it on the lowest setting of the volume because i can't listen to myself at full volume these are john calls these are john so calls. he goes like in two minutes two minutes and then that's the other thing too i go in two minute like two to five minute increments because it's just like like I'll sit with each piece of it and it's just like right and I just can't come back because I'm like so it'll take me like a week to listen to a call and I'll listen to it every day or different things but I I don't think I've made it more than a seven minute segment Uh, so I'll give it I'll have not because I want like I have to give myself doses and on the lowest setting, when he talks, I put volume up when I talk volume at one that's really interesting to consider though like any thoughts around that well, one, I think it's just, it's one thing, it's just hard to listen to my own voice. And like, you know, there's, all, there's well, if there's all those judgments and, and just like, you know, um, just do I sound less evolved? Do I sound like, John? like I, I've done some, I've done one John, one of John McMullen's workshops, done I think two sessions with him. But that journey language is very still new to me. Mm-hmm. So oftentimes when he talks, just the language that he's using, like, is just so much for me, so much. And I like hear him so eloquently saying things or saying things in this certain way. 
And I'm like, I listen to myself, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I sound like a two-year-old, you know? <laughs> and it's just hard to listen to. And uh, so I, it's the judgments around how I sound and how I experience how he sounds and, and mm-hmm. my own stories around that. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that, though. Yeah. yeah. I mean... Thank you for asking. Of course, yeah. This, this conversation is like little... healing. Like, <laughs> it's like... Man, and I was thinking about it as you two were talking, and I'm like, man, I'm just healing so oh, much. Wow. Yeah, it's beautiful. That's what we're going for. Um, yeah, on the total other end of the spectrum, I, and not to like place any judgment on your experience, because I think there's a lot of value in that being hard for you. Like mm-hmm. The things that are hard for us, you probably get a lot more value out of the things being easy for us. So I, I listen to my coaching calls as well, but I love hearing my own voice. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> so like the podcast too, I love hearing myself. He loves watching himself. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. I like watching myself move like, yeah. and I'm studying my own movement and picking yeah. it apart. Yeah. That's I what am I, You don't have to defend it. Sure. Yeah. Well, I'm just sharing. We're, sharing allowed yeah. to, like, we're allowed to like aspects of ourselves. It doesn't mean that we're some like cocky, like yeah. horrible person. Yeah, it's weird. I think hearing my own voice That's is like so one of the weird. most enjoyable <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're gonna need we're gonna need to put a poll out if everyone could please like comment on the just out of five stars. Yeah. What's my voice like? Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> I fucking love it. He says. Fuck you guys. I'm gonna mess up. So good. There, there are so many other things that I want to ask, and I won't cut you off. But I'm cognizant of time, and Lauren and Mike are gonna make us a delicious meal, and I want to mm-hmm. ask our final. I thought you guys brought food. <laughs> I did. <laughs> Um, it's at home, yeah. Did you, is there something no, pressing ahead. that you want to ask or do you want to go to the end? Let's give it to him. Okay, so it's really, <laughs> let's sock it to him. Um, so we always love to ask. We give him a little heads up. Um, our favorite question at the end is for you guys to just share with us a favorite, maybe very impactful journey. Mm-hmm. That could be something you've experienced together. You're welcome to answer individually. It can be a plant medicine journey. It can just be something you've experienced in life. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be beautiful and awesome and fond memories either. So mm-hmm. however you want to answer it, it's pretty open. So, I mean, uh, I was in a ceremony, an all men's ceremony recently. And so that's the one that just comes up because it was so significant. It was a medicine ceremony. And that whole theme of that one was actually um, ancestral work, like specifically, specifically healing the male lineage in my family, how I've experienced my dad how also I've experienced my grandfather and how my dad's experienced his dad and his dad and his dad. And so there's usually some challenging part of every medicine ceremony I've been in. This was hard, like 80% of the time, physically and dark. Like sometimes dark stuff comes up, but my stuff usually isn't super dark. This was like heavy and dark and super scary. I'm like, why am I seeing and feeling all this stuff? And then as like in some moments when I had purged, like I had this big realization. I was like, I fucking get it. I get it. Part of my role here, like part of my purpose here is to help heal my family. And just by me doing me and being in this ceremony or doing like showing up authentically and doing my work, etc. Everything that I do when it comes from a heart-centered place and there's intention behind it, I'm actually healing my lineage. And so, like, I just had this realization. I was like, wow, that's, like, 
because I've in this soul searching time, I'm realizing and I'm asking like close friends who have worked with me or know me, like, what's my superpower? Like, as I'm doing this transition from being a movement coach, still doing movement, but also now a little bit more like inner work, um, I'm like still trying to figure out like, why is it, what is it about me that people enjoy or that they've found beneficial in their life? And, um, oh man, I kind of lost my train of thought, but all that to say, um, uh, You've been asking what your superpower is, but it all comes back to the ancestral Oh, just like, so one of, one of the, the things that I've realized is like one of my like purposes or roles is to hold space. Like I've, because everyone I've asked in some way, shape or form have either said those exact words or something around that, like in your presence or when we talk to you, like you really listen and you're present and like you hold space for us to share. And, you know, I was realized like, that's probably one of my purposes in life is to hold space for people and to be there. And then the other thing in this ceremony showed me, it's like it's also to help heal like the traumas and the wounds that my dad and his dad and all that stuff have experienced. So that was one of the most recent one, but it was so powerful to have that realization as as I'm doing this soul searching right now, like trying to figure out what am I gonna do next? What are my real gifts? Like how can I share them more? Um, I relate yeah. with you so strongly on this. It's ridiculous. We'll talk about me later. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah. To me, you're like a Swiss army knife. Like, mm-hmm. and mm. I feel like I'm probably experiencing a lot of myself in that with you. So in holding space, are you in, in, in this transition for you right now, is it hard to, to find or discover for yourself how you want to hold space? Is that part of the challenge for you? Or do you know for sure in exactly what way you want to hold space? Or do you have it figured out or not? You know, it's like when people were telling me that, I was honestly upset at first. Okay. I was like... What the fuck am I supposed to do with that? <laughs> like, what? Well, that's a, thing. What, a lot of things. Yeah, there, and then, and then yeah. I, I realized just just days ago, I'm like, no, that's actually pretty cool. Like, it, I can whatever I end up doing, as long as like the container is set, and I'm maybe facilitating and setting up the space and, and allowing men or whatever it looks totally. like to share. Like, that's really what has to be surrounded. But when people told me that in my head, I'm like, what the? What am I supposed to like? Come on, give me something, you know. Yeah. But uh, no, but I'm just like, wow, okay, no, that's pretty cool. Like, yeah. we'll we'll see what I can build. And so I don't know if this like men's retreats, if that's gonna be the route. It's a door that I'm gonna open and and go through. But if for whatever reason it doesn't feel right, I'm you know, I there's other things that I can explore. But it's I'm just super exploring right now. That's the beautiful thing about life. I'm, I've, he's gonna hear me have said this before, but I'm so passionate about this idea of exploring. Like. You just you're just gonna try it. You have this men's uh, retreat that you're doing in a few months. You're gonna try it, and once you try it, you will learn what you like, what you don't like, what you would want to shift for. The, like the only way to know what sits is to explore and to try and mm-hmm. to try different things. Mm-hmm. And in this moment in time, as you're shifting and exploring new things, you may like you're collecting all this data, and you're not sure how the dots connect and what what star that points to but as you are willing and open to try new things and to explore at some point you will look back on this time and all the data you collected and you'll be like oh yeah it all makes sense (laughs) i I think i think um it may not be like 
it may not point to the fucking North Star, but you, you may like create a little galaxy of your own. Isn't it? <laughs> but anyway, Orion's ex- belt. <laughs> yeah, exploring life and you, just being willing to try new things, and you're, mm. you're inevitably going to learn something about yourself through that. Lauren, tell us about a journey. No, that's so funny because that was the exact kind of approach I was going to take on that question. And for me, it's it's not any journey in particular. It's just like my need slash desire to always journey, you know, and to truly adventure and explore and push thresholds. And I mean, what comes, what came up first was just like, I love to travel. I love to, and I've done a lot of solo travel in my life. And I'm like, why did I need that initiation, which it very much was to me in those times. And I think it's just that pull of that explorer or that like need to push the threshold. And um, and I think medicine ceremonies are like that, travels like that. Um, Anytime that we're really called to um, (laughs) journey into ourselves and journey outward is is really, really moving and uh, powerful. So I think traveling the world and seeing all that's out there and just continually wanting to be curious and follow that path. Um, yeah, it shows up all the time. I love that answer. Here's a question. We're done. We're chock full out of questions. <laughs> this doesn't need to be answered. 12 words the, or less. Just for, the, for the listeners, but um, if the world, what we experience world is actually a reflection of us Mm. are we ever not journeying Mm. into ourselves Mm. it depends on how aware you are i mean it may inevitably have be happening but are you aware of it are you processing digesting i don't think you're you're getting any questions (laughs) are you guys getting any questions yeah i i i I heard i heard my version of what you said are we ever not are we ever not journeying does there need to be a, an <clears throat> observer and a witness Our to the journey? Always, like this is all us, right? Mm-hmm. We're, pro- we're projecting on everything because we only know our internal experience. So we're always journeying ourselves because we're always experiencing this. And at the same time, us. we're not experiencing anything because it's all us. So, bam. And all is there a journey <laughs> if it's all one thing? That's a good point. It's not even a journey. But time, it's space, it's just an illusion. Is. So. Wow, we just we, just <laughs> we started off with a big mind blowing question. We're ending off with a big mind blowing question. This is super or fun. Or several <laughs> people can sit with that. I can tell you for sure. I don't know what just what just happened. Like, I, I'm, I'm, like, clearly, I'm clearly not following it, but so, you know, someone else can pick it up and run with it. Um, thank you guys so much. This has been so fun. Like getting to just like look at your faces and your smiles and your laughter and uh, being willing to just like take whatever we throw at you. So thank you. Um, should anybody find you guys anywhere? Oh would yeah, tell like us, us how to, to find you. Would you like you. us to plug you a little bit? Yeah. Let's yeah. plug, plug it up. Oh, I can't do that. That's do it. Wow. That is it's so dirty. He does this all the time. Lord, like, you go uh, yeah, you know, check out my handle, Vital Theory, V-I-T-A-L-T-H-E-O-R-Y. Yeah. Oh, you didn't mess that up either. Good job. No, it's my robot voice. I'm practicing. I'm going to sell theory. it to Google. Vital Theory. Vital Instagram. Theory. Mine's just my name. <laughs> <laughs> Mike.Salemi. And that's where you guys want people to find you? Yeah. 
people to yeah, check yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, or, or my website, which is mikesalemi.io, not .com. Ooh, okay, oh, tricky. Okay. Right. Yeah, and you have some really exciting stuff coming up, so stay, stay tuned for that. Definitely go check them out. Oh, they, they post wonderful things, like, yeah, it's great. Well, what they're doing in life. Well, yeah, but also if you just follow them, they like, you know, they read some stuff and you can't mind them. Definitely two of the most motivating Instagrams you'll ever. Yeah. Wow. Thank you. That's guys. for sure. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. All right, you guys. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Journey doses. Out of here. Out of here. Peace. Bye.